Welcome to the spirit world, answering your questions on angels, demons, and how the spiritual and physical worlds interact. And now your hosts, Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. Well, hello there, and welcome to the spirit world. Um, I am Debbie Giorgiani with religious demonologist and co-host Adam Bly. This is your show. It's a live call-in show. And today we're talking about the history and the development of the Most Holy Rosary. So Adam and I know that this is going to be a very popular show. We are live today. So let me give you the phone number. You can fill up the phone lines. We're going to have a short uh, basic understanding of the history of the rosary. And then we're going to go right to the phones because it's, it's just too important in the month of Mary. So here is the number 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. And Adam, as always with the spirit world for um, about a year now, (laughs) we always begin with the St. Michael prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so we already have calls coming in. Boy, you guys are fast here on the spirit world. We love you guys. Uh, We have Taylor Van Est, our producer. He's doing a fabulous job at the controls. And Tim Mott is answering calls today. So you'll get to speak to Tim. You'll get to chat with him for a little bit. He'll uh, put you on hold. You'll get to listen live and you'll slip right into the discussion. We're talking about the Most Holy Rosary today, the history and the development. And Adam, why don't you begin? And then I will fill in some things because... As a religious, um, a director of religious education, we taught on the rosary all the time. So I've got a few things to, to share, but I want to hear what you have to say first. Sure, Deb. Okay. So as usual, we want to start with the catechism, and it's good to point out that the rosary is in the catechism. So if we go to paragraph 2678, we read that medieval piety in the West developed the prayer of the rosary as a popular substitute for the liturgy of the hours. And, of course, the Liturgy of the Hours is the daily prayer of the church. Now, what we want to do is unpack what does that mean. So back in 1208, St. Dominic, and this is usually what people hear, they just hear St. Dominic, you know, was given the rosary by Mary. There's little more to it. So in 1208, St. Dominic, uh, he was the founder of the Dominican Order, which is an order that really fought heresies. He was praying about, uh, you know, some of the heresies that were going on at the time in the world. And there was a particular heresy about, you know, the Old Testament God was evil and the New Testament God was good. And also the body was evil and the, and the spirit or the soul was good. And this was causing a lot of uh, really disordered ideas back at the time. And he had kind of retreated to the woods and meditated on this for a while. And he either fell into... Um, a coma or was sleeping or something after a number of days of praying he had a he had a dream of Mary or a vision of Mary now what he was given is what is was then called the angelic Psalter now we want to remember that the Psalms the 150 Psalms in the Old Testament the songs of David those were really 
kind of a foundation piece in the prayer of the church in in all the religious orders and and for a lot of the lay people also and and even within uh you know the liturgy the hours at that time so the angelic psalter it was a parallel to the psalms so the psalms there's 150 of them they're all different the angelic psalter was 150 recitations of the first three lines of the hail mary prayer so that's the hail mary full of grace the lord is with you blessed are you among women blessed is the fruit of your womb the word jesus was added later in 1483 so what dominic received wasn't the rosary it was what was called the angelic psalter which was those first three lines and they were said 150 times each one with a different gospel meditation so it would have been a very slow process because you're thinking and meditating on different things so it's quite a bit different than the modern rosary that we think of today now the thing that was um, theologically really important at the time was that angelic psalter was about kind of meditating on the incarnation of the word of god the incarnation of jesus the actual arrival and that the david's psalms david's psalter was about prefiguring or prophesying the coming of jesus and so one foretells his coming and the other one meditates on his coming okay so this specifically was given to him by mary as a weapon against the albigensian heresy and that was uh, the name of a group of peoples that had really embraced this idea that the spirit's good and the body's evil um, and so she had given that to him it wasn't specifically the rosary okay and so he then you know promotes this quite a bit um, then we move on to 1376 where there's some disruption in the church right and we've seen this many times in church history there's a schism uh, there's a plague um, there's other heresies that are rising up that the church is trying to correct and the rosary during you know around that time is largely forgotten in the world then we move forward to about 1410 to 1439 where we see a particular Carthusian priest kind of introduces 50 Hail Marys and this would still have been uh, just those first three lines at the time with specific gospel meditations okay connected with each now interestingly Deb we see that this grew in a number of places around the world because the church really wasn't as centralized as the time there was different regional traditions this grew sometimes to 300 different gospel meditations in some regions so it it was very very long in some areas now then in 1460 father Alan de la Roche he receives a message from Jesus during a mass about how the rosary has fallen out of favor it's fallen out of use people have forgotten about it for for the most part and that he needs to be promoting this and preaching about it so he really gets on a mission for the rest of his life he promotes it very vigorously and you know he has some success with that then we get back to <clears throat> we move forward to 1483 where the name of Jesus was added to line three of the Hail Mary as well as the second half of the prayer and those would have been the two lines hail holy mary mother of god pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death amen so it was in 1483 that we finally see the full hail mary actually come into being okay now 1521 and we're not even to the official rosary yet or, or the official hail mary 1521 now the rosary gets simplified 
down to 15 mysteries from sometimes 300, sometimes 50, maybe it would have been 150 or if you were still carrying Dominic's version forward. It gets simplified down to 15 mysteries, the ones that we recognize today. Now, 1569, here we go, it finally becomes official. Pope Pius V, he writes a papal bull called Conservent, I'm gonna, I'm not doing well with the Latin pronunciation, Conservent Romani Pontifices, which is uh, introducing the rosary formally. And he says there, a critical piece that we also carry forward to today, that the two essential elements of it are vocal prayer and mental prayer. So this is where we get the idea of meditating on the mysteries and the vocal prayer. Yes, that was there with the gospel meditations from the beginning, but here it becomes formalized. Okay, and then in 2002, Deb, this controversial for some people addition, where John Paul II, Saint, Saint Pope John Paul II, wrote, writes a letter, Rosarium Virginis Mariae, and adds the luminous mysteries. And some people say, oh, he was adding something additional to what Mary had given Saint Dominic. This is really incorrect when we look at the history of the rosary, because Dominic started with 150 different gospel meditations. And as we move forward, that expanded, it contracted over time, and then it was simplified down to 15. And, and John Paul II really was just adding back a few that he felt probably in prayer that were really important. Um, so does that make sense, Deb? Oh, absolutely. And I'm so glad you shared it with all of us. And I just wanted to wanted to make sure our listeners who are just tuning in, uh, we are live today on the spirit world. We're talking about the history and the development of the most holy rosary during the month of May, which is the month of Mary. Very important. I know October 7th is the feast day of the holy rosary, but May, uh, May is the month of Mary. So we wanted to focus on something that was centered around the blessed mother, which is the rosary. And um, Adam, we're going to continue on um, a little bit more. I thought you did a, a fabulous job explaining to our listeners. Wanted to let our listeners know that a lot of the resources and articles that we are pulling from come from um, Catholic News Agency and EWTN, and they will be posted on our Facebook page, and that is um, at the Spirit World Podcast. So please look for us and like us there. We're trying to grow the family of the Spirit World also at um, grnonline.com. Um, um, slash spirit world. So please make sure you find us there. You can always email us any questions about what we're talking about today about the rosary at TSW. That's the spirit world at grnonline.com. We are live today. We are taking your calls. Mary is coming up first and, and next after the break, and then the others as well. You can join Mary at 877 757 9424. Adam, I'm ask you a couple questions and then we'll go right to the calls but we want our listeners to fill up those phone lines at 877-757-9424 this is the spirit world your show where we talk about angels and demons and everything in between we'll be right back Are you feeling lost in a sea of overwhelm? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. 
Many people find themselves challenged with overwhelm. Too many things to take care of, too many people to please, too much work to do. And in spite of their best efforts, they continue to fall behind with this overwhelm coming in like a flood. But that's not the abundant life that Jesus wants you to live. That's why Stand Tall Today has experienced professional coaches that will assist you in dialing down that overwhelm. They'll help you get a grasp on where you are and to create a plan that enables you to take bite-sized steps of action so you can live an abundant life. Why not take your first step right now? Go to StandTallToday.com and find a coach that is just right for you. Because life is simply too short to stay lost in a sea of overwhelm. This is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. St. John Paul II called for a new evangelization, an act of love meant to reintroduce all the faithful to the love of Jesus Christ. This act of love has never been more urgent. In his work, The Judgment of Nations, historian Richard Dawson notes, The hope of the world rests in the last resort, on the existence of a spiritual nucleus of believers who are bearers of the seed of unity. If we have faith in the power of the Spirit, we must believe that even these evils can be conquered. For the powers of the world are blind powers which are working in the dark. They are powerless against that Spirit who is the Lord and giver of life, and against those higher powers of spiritual understanding and love which are the essential gifts of the Holy Spirit. The battle for the world is first and foremost spiritual. Are you ready for battle today? Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. The Spirit World continues with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. If you have a question for the show, call 877-757-9424 or email tsw at grnonline.com. We're talking about the Most Holy Rosary in the month of Mary, May, very important. And we're talking about the history and development of the rosary. And Adam, uh, we, we did promise we would go to Mary first in Tucson, Arizona. She's waiting pati- patiently. She can hear us, and that's great. So Mary's listening. Mary, just another minute, please. I have to get this in uh, quickly about uh, John Paul II and the Luminous Mysteries. Now, if you'd like to join Mary, surprisingly, we have a couple open phone lines, which is shocking, because normally the phone lines just light up and they stay lit up the entire hour. So let's talk about the rosary. If you have a question, you want to ask us about uh, meditating on uh, on the mysteries of the most holy rosary. You want to talk about Padre Pio saying 25, 30 rosaries a day. You want to talk about anything uh, revolving about the rosary or something close to it. Please call us right now. This is your show. 877 877- Seven five seven nine four two four, and Tim will happily answer your call. So, Adam, real quickly about the luminous mysteries, the the mysteries of light. I love the luminous mysteries um, because I am. I'm. If you're in ministry, like religious education, those mysteries really uh, speak to you because it's Jesus's ministry, right? And 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 so it's just amazing, you know, um, baptism, um, the, um, the Eucharist, uh, the Transfiguration. I mean, it's so powerful. Powerful. And and yet there are a lot of people that, you know, they get they are so uh, very 
um, they adhere so much to the original, um, you know, the, the joyful, the, the sorrowful, and the glorious. And, and a lot of people are into uh, uh, practicing the devotions of, of novenas. And some of the novenas were structured and put together prior to John Paul II instituting the Luminous Mysteries. So, you know, some people say, well, you got to stick to the actual, you know, requirements and the recipe of that novena, or you should add the Luminous Mysteries if it does fall on that Thursday when you're doing the novena. Um, You know, and Adam, you and I talked about this prior to the show. My concern is, and tell me what you think about this, Adam. My concern is if if we become too rigid... And, and, and reject certain things because we think that we have to, you know, specifically adhere to every single thing of, of, of a certain novena or we're not going to get our, our wishes and our desires and mm. our needs granted. Um, mm-hmm. We could fall into difficulty there with that kind of uh, mindset, correct? So what do you say to that? Because, I mean, catechism is clear about the rosary. We know that. We know that um, in our teaching of the rosary, we know, and all the saints, we are constantly, and the Blessed Mother herself, to, for, for the, with the Fatima children, right, um, to, to really deeply enter into the rosary. So we know the rosary is a very powerful prayer for us as Catholic Christians. What do you say about this idea when the Luminous Mysteries got, in, uh, got inserted and how people are responding? Well, it you know, first off, Deb, it, it goes back to the history we just kind of explored, and that is that, you know, the mysteries or the gospel meditations, however you want to phrase it, have been flexible down through the history of the church. You know, the Mary introduced it in a form that was different than the current form. And then the church, through inspiration of the Holy Spirit and, and through the movement of God in history, you know, it changed over time. So this idea um, that it's rigidly fixed in a particular way doesn't really make sense. And then the second thing that's, I think, really important is that when those were introduced, that was introduced authoritatively. It was introduced by the Pope. It wasn't Mm -hmm. just introduced by, oh, Father so-and-so thinks we ought to add these things to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was no doubt something that was discussed at a high level Uh, by the theologians in the magisterium, or at least part of it at the time. So this wasn't done casually. And it was no doubt a reintroduction of some of the mysteries that had been removed over time. So if anything, it's probably moving back closer to what Mary Mm -hmm. introduced when she gave the 150 um, to Dominic. And we don't know if Dominic received instruction from her about these specific 150 items, just that it was to parallel the Psalms, which was 150 Psalms. So the other thing, Deb, that that what you're saying, you know, makes me think about is the danger of turning prayer into a magic ritual. Mm-hmm. You know, there's essentially two ways to think about these things. There's the magical thinking, and then there's the religious thinking. So magical thinking says, I have to do this specific uh, ritual or spell or incantation with these specific noises, with these, you know, movements of my hands and whatnot, and that's going to kind of compel the universe to do what I'm asking for. It's a way of um, gaining power over the universe. That's what the magician is thinking they're doing or, or, you know, people involved in witchcraft, whatever the form of black magic. I do this fixed ritual and I gain power and the universe conforms to my will. That's a very dangerous way of approaching things. Religious thinking, spiritual thinking, prayer is a submission to God's will. So we pray, we ask, and we hope, 
but ultimately we submit to the will of God because Mm -hmm. that's the truth. You're going to submit to the will of God whether you want to or not in the end. And that's the proper place to be in a submissive role because we don't know what God knows. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yeah, the novenas should be said the way they're laid out. We want to be obedient to that. But this idea that it's completely rigid and that there's no flexibility is incorrect. And by the way, you can see a, a strong intimation of this in John Paul II's letter, Rosarium Virginis Mariae, where he talks about inserting a prayer after each decade, after each meditation, asking for mm-hmm. the fruits of that meditation and that that could be done as, you know, on an individual basis if you wish. So he's introducing a flexibility in the rosary and the mind of the church, uh, right. you know, that is there. So for all these reasons, Deb, I, I think it's it's not the proper way to approach it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, um, you know, uh, Taylor Van Est is our amazing producer. And Taylor, let's make a note of that. Maybe we should also, uh, if, if it's not too long, well, we can, we can just post the link. Uh, post the apostolic letter of uh, John Paul II. We should, we should post that as well. Okay, we got a thumbs up. Taylor's right on top of it. Wow, he's amazing. He's, he's, he can multitask. Adam, the older I get, I cannot multitask. I can only, t- I can only do one thing at a time. <laughs> so let's, okay, so Adam, let's move to the phones because we do have uh, callers just coming in um, now pretty quickly. If you'd like to join um, Mary and Brian and the others, please uh, jump on a line right now at 877-757-9424. But as promised, and she has been waiting so patiently, she was first up here um, listening on EWTN.com, is Mary from Tucson, Arizona. Hello, Mary. What would you like to ask uh, of of Adam and I today? Hi, Mary. Hi. First, First of all, I'd like to say thank you for the explanation of the Luminous Mysteries, because I, too, was one who had struggled with that. And so that gives me a really clear, you know, picture of that. And I appreciate it, because now I feel more at ease about the Luminous Mysteries. But the question I have is, Mm -hmm. from last week, I didn't get a chance to call it in, and I apologize that it's kind of off subject. But what happens to our guardian angels once we pass on to our next eternal life, whether it be heaven, purgatory, or Lord forbid, hell, what happens to the guardian angel? Okay, so I'll go ahead and answer, Adam, first. First, I want to say, Mary, it's actually a nice tie-in because I was going to talk about Padre Pio, and a lot of people know that Padre Pio um, said 25 to 30 rosaries a day. Um, he was, he, the idea uh, with Padre Pio and his spirituality is is a perpetual meditation, a perpetual meditation. And I and I just pulled up this um, this uh, excerpt from one of one of the websites, and it says, one day... And here's your tie-in, Mary, with the guardian angels. One day, his guardian, his, his, uh, guardian angel asked him how many rosaries he recited daily. And pa- Padre Pio answered, well, I have to tell my, my guardian angel the truth. I have recited 34. For him, the rosary was a perpetual meditation on the profound mysteries of Calvary, on Jesus' plan of salvation, on his, on his sorrowful mother. And so, and now, Padre Pio had a very unique, very advanced spirituality, and he talked to his guardian 
guardian angels and Jesus and Mary as well, since he was a child. So very unique um, category he was in. But there's your nice tie into your guardian angel. And so Mary, in answer to your to your question, the simplest way now we can go in depth, we're going to be doing more angel shows coming up, especially during the summer and um, right before the start of the school year, because we uh, Adam and I are firm believers that there's not enough uh, catechesis in religious formation on this. And so we want to be able to do some things that could really help on the understanding the truth of the angels. So your guardian angel is matched to you, Mary, um, your personality and your guardian angel is, is, um, the mission of your guardian angel is uh, your guardian angel is in the beatific vision of God at the same time ministering to you. So, so your guardian angel, their mission is you to, they want to get you to heaven, right? So they'll do whatever they can do to help you along the way. You have to cooperate. Okay. You really, it's, it's, it's something that you have to really enter into. So the awareness that your guardian angel has this mission over you right now is very important. Now, when you die, Mary, this is the understanding. Now, keep in mind, there's a, you know, St. Thomas Aquinas is the closest thing we have to an expert on angels, okay? But it, the angel theology is, it, it has developed over time. So this is, the, this is the closest thing we have to what we can understand about what happens to the mission and um, the, the state of the guardian angel after Mary finishes her time here on earth. Okay, so Mary... I'm going to just say you, 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 you've served all your days here on earth. Okay. God calls you home and in your guardian angel pleads for you. Um, when you, when you meet Jesus, right. And your guardian angels right there, kind of like the best lawyer you could ever imagine, right. Just pleading for you. Okay. And, and so that is so beautiful. And then Mary makes it. Okay. Mary from Tucson, Arizona, you, you go, you fly right into heaven. Okay. There's, there is not the need for your angel to guard you, guide you, protect you, um, uh, have you as a mission that all changes. Now your guardian angel now becomes your very best friend in heaven. You guys don't need to, you don't, there doesn't have to be this need for, for your guardian angel to be in charge of Mary. Okay. You're both in the beatific vision. Isn't that beautiful, Mary? That's my first comment. What do you think of that? That's wonderful. That's just wonderful. Yes. I know. Isn't that cool? Okay. So now the second, okay, let's just say, um, I'm going to say, God forbid, although all of us probably are going to have to go through some kind of purging and purgatory. Okay. But let's say Mary passes and Mary has to go through purgatory. It has been said from various private revelations, Mary, that you're, it, it, especially if you're in the kind of the higher level of purgatory, your guardian angel will visit you, comfort you, and, and be there for you because they're still in charge of you. They're trying to, they're making sure that you get it to God, right? You get back to God. That's the goal. So your guardian angel's there. And then once you get to heaven, transitions to your very best friend in heaven. Okay. Now, God, God, God forbid, Mary, you were to go to that dark place. Your angel departs, says goodbye. Your angel goes back to God and Mary's on her own in in damnation. So God forbid. So you see, so it's very drastic. It's very, very drastic. And all the more reason for us to stay close to our guardian angel and stay close to God's plan for us. And Mary, you're going to have to hang on because see Taylor's right on top of things. He, you heard that, you hear that music 
and Adam, I know, wants to comment because I'm actually seeing Adam via via Skype, and Adam's uh, shaking his head, going, he wants to say something, and I know he does, but I'm gonna, I'm, we're gonna hold it right there, Mary. If you can hold on, Brian and the others, hang on. This is interesting discussion here. It does, it does tie into our prayer because prayer keeps us very tied into God's plan, folks, and this is very important here on the Spirit World. So please stay tuned in. You may learn something today. Have you heard about life coaching? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Coaching is one of the things Jesus did with his disciples. Whenever they were stuck, overwhelmed, or even struggling a bit, Jesus asked questions that brought clarity and hope. He then used ongoing conversations that helped them to navigate the path and completely change their lives. Just like the disciples, we too can find ourselves feeling stuck, overwhelmed, and struggling a bit. Maybe you need help in your marriage or with a parenting issue, you're navigating a loss, you want to improve your health, or advance your career. At StandTallToday.com, our experienced coaches will help you to take another look at life, renew your hope, get past those challenges, and step into living abundantly. You can find out more about coaching and schedule a free introductory call by visiting us at StandTallToday.com. Listen, life is too short to stay stuck. Contact us at StandTallToday.com. Did Jesus ever claim to be God? Or did his followers later come to think he was divine, like it was for the Buddha? Critics of Christianity affirm the latter. But is this true? The answer is no, and here are some reasons why. First, the idea of Jesus' divinity had to have come from Jesus himself because it doesn't make sense that faithful monotheistic Jews would just out of the blue begin thinking a man was God. Second, the Gospels record Jesus saying things that suggests his divinity. For example, he applies the divine name, I am, to himself in John chapter 8, verse 58. Mark 2, 5 through 7 tells us Jesus merited the charge of blasphemy by claiming to have power to forgive sins. So, Jesus claimed to be God. That's a fact. But should we believe him? Well, that's a question for some other time. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. The Spirit World continues with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. If you have a question for the show, call 877-757-9424 or email tsw at grnonline.com. but we have a great question that came in. Uh, it actually ties in nicely to prayer, and we'll talk more about that. Mary from Tucson, Arizona. And actually, Mary, I made a note of it. We're going to do a whole show on the role of the guardian angel and what happens to the guardian angel. And and uh, and guardian angels are not recycled. I mean, people think, well, after they're done with their one you know pet project of a human being, do they go to another person? No. The answer is no. That that's what we that's what is understood from the teachings uh, that we 
we mainly get from St. Thomas Aquinas. We, we have to thank that great saint. Uh, he's, he's incredible. I mean, what he did for us is, is really a, a, a spiritual game changer. Um, but Mary, before we get to Adam's comments, any comments on what I shared first? Um, no, but it, it was it was nice to hear what was said about the guardian angels because you just I, I just didn't know. I was like, well, what what happens to them? So it was wonderful to hear your explanation. Yeah, thank you, thank you so much, Adam. And you wanted to comment for Mary? Yeah, just a little bit, Deb. Um, so remember, Mary, the angels were created before us, and. Your guardian angel has been in the beatific vision since the beginning when your guardian angel said, yes, I will serve. You know, when the two-thirds said they would serve and the one-third said they wouldn't and were cast out. So that, that angel's been with God the entire time and will be with God. And, you know, we there's no time in heaven, but will be with God from our perspective for all of eternity. And there's actually a scriptural basis that I just wanted to throw in. I know Deb knows this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but Matthew 18:10, right. where Jesus is is telling people, don't uh, don't push these children away from me that were coming around him. He says, "See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I say to you that their angels in heaven always look upon the face of my heavenly Father." So this is saying while their guardian angels are doing what they're doing for these children, they're simultaneously, he says, always look upon the face of my heavenly father. So your angel is in the beatific vision before you you came into existence and will continue that way forever. And and that is scriptural. Just wanted to throw that in, Deb. Oh, that's excellent. What do you think about that, Mary? Yes, that's great. That's great. And and I have been reading a lot about Padre Pio, and that's what got me thinking about the guardian angel. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, he was very close to his guardian angel. I mean, and and, and, and so was St. Therese of Lisieux, and so many, I mean, so many of the saints, they all pretty much, I've read, you know, every one of them knew and understood the role of the of the guardian angels. But, but I would suggest to you, Mary, if you want to go into a deeper dive, go to this website. It's Opus Angelorum. Dot org opus angelorum org. They are dedicated to the work of the holy angels. They're fabulous. I mean, you can do a consecration to the angels there, everything. So um, opusangelorum.org. I'll say it a couple times because we, you know, listeners always go, can you repeat that again? But Mary, um, <laughs> thank you. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for, you know, I have to tell you, your question gets asked all the time and I love answering it. And as soon as I saw it come in, I said to Tim, oh, I want to take Mary's question because, you know, I think it's very important. And here's, and here's Here's the, I want to just do a quick follow-up if I can, and we'll, we're going to do at least three or four more shows this year on Angels, Mary, so I hope you stay uh, listening to the spirit world. But here's what I wanted to, to, to share is that, you know, it, it gives us, you know, people will say, well, why did God, they're Christ's angels. They were created for Christ and through Christ, right? They're Jesus's angels. But here's the thing. Um, people will say, well, why did we need a guardian angel? Why did God give us a guardian angel? And I always tell this to people all the time. Mary, um, you know, think about this. When, when, you have, when people have children, right, and your kid goes out um, to go play, I don't know, go play with his friends, and it's cold outside, what's the first thing that a mother does, right? They go, here, take your jacket with you. You might need your jacket, right? Because they know what they're up against. They're going to be up some, you know, weather conditions, right? And it's the same thing with our absolute amazing God. He knew we were going to be up against some difficult things. 
So his angels are orchestrating and helping in every way, shape, or form they can, including the weather, including traffic, including accidents, including all sorts of things that they prevent and help to navigate. If we could see the spirit world, if we could have eyes to see the spirit world, um, we would see them working overtime to make sure that we have a pathway to God, that we have a way to get back to God through all these obstacles and challenges we face as human beings here on earth. And I think that is so beautiful that God gave us that extra, um, you know, person. And, and let me tell, and let me tell you, and, and I say that because the angels are, are, are pure spirits, right? And they are messengers of God, but they have a mission. They have a mission. Psalm 91. It's very important. They have a mission and, and they are mighty warriors. They are strong. So, so if you want the best soul guard, if you want the best bodyguard, start, uh, being aware of your guardian angel. So that's enough for today, Mary, but what'd you, what'd you think about that? What Adam and I were sharing, we were sharing. Yes. Yes, that's great. But one real quick thing, you know how people sent their guardian angels to uh, Padre Pio's guardian angel to send a yeah. message? Could we do the same with our children's guardian angel? Like to, when we're worried about something or some, mm-hmm. you know, event and we want to send our guardian angel over to their guardian angels? <laughs> Is that yeah, possible? yeah. And, and remember, Mary, when you do that, it's not an actual like sending, like your guardian angel doesn't leave you to go to your, your children's right. guardian angel. It's a, it's a quick thought to thought. That's the best way. To, to describe it. So they're, they're so fast. They're so efficient. Now, if we're in a state of grace, that is a better uh, indication that, that that connection will happen. So it's important for us to get in a state of grace, stay in a state of grace, because those channels are much more clear, if you will. It's kind of like tuning in a dial of a radio. When you have a little bit off, it's staticky. You can still hear things, but it doesn't quite come through. We have to make sure we're in a good place and in alignment with God's will. And, and, and yes, we can definitely have that intent of our heart to want to uh, have the, the guardian angels of our children connect with our guardian angels. They're all working together. And Adam wants to share something. Well, you know, Deb, I always chime in on this one, but that's true. But we need to remember, Mary, that the angels are not our property and they're not our servants. So we don't have authority over them to tell them what to do. So they're a higher order of creature than us while we're here on Earth. And that's why it's not our place to name them because they're a higher order of creature. And it's also not our place to give them orders. The other thing to, to maybe, you know, pull back a little bit in terms of the way we're visualizing this. Remember that God's aware of everything. God's aware of what's going on with your child, with other people. And, you know, that angel, because they're connected with God in the beatific vision, is also aware of what's going on. So we don't need to imagine that there's a deficiency, like, oh, their angel isn't aware that there's this additional, you know, uh, factor that's going to be introduced in a second. So you need to run over there and tell them, otherwise they're going to miss it. Um, we want to remember that God's aware of all these things. Now, it is a charitable and loving act to say that prayer and ask for that assistance, and that is all good, uh, just like all prayer is is good and has some efficacy. But, you know, just don't forget that God's already aware of our needs before before we even uh, conceptualize them and make that prayer. God always, already knows what we need. That's all. Well said. Well said. So, as you can see, Mary, there's a lot to cover in this top on this topic, and we're gonna we're gonna uh, have at least three or four coming up uh, in 2023. So we hope you stay tuned in. Does that sound good? Yes, it does. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. God bless you. Have a beautiful day in Tucson, Arizona. Okay, we will go next to Brian in Niagara Falls. Um, 
let me just make sure I have everybody on. Yeah, so we, we do have an open phone line. Hold on, Brian. We do have an open phone line. I want to give the number one more time because Mary just freed up that line. 877-757-9424. Okay, so we will go to Brian in Niagara Falls, New York, listening on the Station of the Cross. Hello, Brian. Hi, Debbie. Hi, Adam. Hello. Um, I, uh, I will be calling you back on Angel's. Uh, I love them. And uh, my question on the rosary, uh, I went through Catholic grade school and high school, learned the rosary when it was just the 15 mysteries. Something, I had some health issues and whatever. For some reason now, I am getting confused with the glorious and the joyful mysteries. I've got the Sorrowful down for Tuesdays and Fridays and the uh, luminous for Thursdays. But for something is going on inside me where I'm having difficulty with the glorious and the joyful. And for, is there an easy thing you can tell me to help me clarify that? And also for people that are new to the rosary, how to keep it straight in their head, what days to say which mysteries. Well, you know, uh it's fine. You you could just be having any number of, of things with your memory there. I wouldn't worry about it. I would just print off the list, you know, go to a, an authoritative uh, website, find the list. Have and them. Print, yeah, just print them off. Yeah. And um, yeah, just keep that, you know, in your home next to your rosary. And, and eventually you'll you'll get those memorized. And if not, that's OK, too. Um, and, and don't forget, um, there is some flexibility, as we were talking earlier, you know, you can pray with with uh, meditating on whatever it might be. Maybe there was a powerful experience in your life that week, and you want to meditate on that and the way that God was was intervening and interacting in your life during that. Maybe you have a question for Jesus that you want to meditate on while you're saying them. So if you're midway and you say, "Oh, I forgot the next one," and I don't have my paper with me, don't don't despair. Don't be overly rigid. Uh, you can also explore other things to meditate on. But I would say just print them off and keep them at hand. What do you think, and, Absolutely. And, and Brian, I, want, I just want to pick up where at what and I just want to stress again what he was saying there. I know people that are going through really difficult times of, of great uh, loss that they're, they're experiencing or they're in, they, they just got a medical diagnosis, and they pray the Sorrowful Mysteries every day, every single right. day, because they want to stay very close to, to Jesus and, and they feel that connection because what of what they're going through in the moment. So I agree with Adam that, you know, be it's, it really comes from your intention of wanting to meditate on the, on the life, um, passion, death, resurrection of Jesus and his mother and the, and the ministry work of Jesus. It's, it's really comes from your intention and it really, and truly comes from scripture. It's all in scripture. And so, and so it's so important to, to keep that mindset and, and not, and to let yourself be very free in, in experiencing that deep meditation, because that's, that's what I wanted to stress with Padre Padre Pio, because everybody said, well, my goodness, if I do 25 or 30 rosaries, I'm going to turn into a obsessive compulsive disorder person and go on and on and on. That's not, that's not, that wasn't the intention. His intention was a perpetual meditation. So that's where you want to have the freedom to be yourself, Brian, and enter into that deeply. Does that, does that make you feel better? 
It, it does, but it makes it difficult for for me and, and my, me and my wife as a couple because we uh, to pray the rosary together, and um, every first Saturday today, my wife and I lead a rosary at, at, during adoration after mass. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's like it's frustrating. Yeah. So okay. I, again, Brian, I would just, you know, print off, maybe uh, a, print it off small and bring it with you. Keep a piece of p- folded paper in your pocket with, with those written on there and just bring them, bring them to Mass. And that way okay. you'll take that, that pressure off yourself. And the anxiety mm-hmm. can cause you to have more memory problems. So, yeah, yeah. just print it off and that, that and, removes the anxiety. And can I share something else, too? There's, there's nothing wrong with bringing uh, pamphlets of the prayers and, re- and reading mm-hmm. the prayers as you're praying them. You know, a lot of times people make these kinds of, uh, you know, assessments in their, in their heads, the cartoon bubble over the head. Oh, well, Brian must not know the prayer. That's not true. When you're saying something mm-hmm. um, publicly, I'll give you a perfect example. My co-host, Jerry Usher, um, a, yeah, a couple days ago on, on Pledge Drive, we were saying the Memorari, and we were busy, you know, doing nine other things while we were saying the Memorari, and we lost track of the middle of the Memorari. Now, Jerry and I say the Memorari a hundred times a day, but you can easily lose track when you're trying to do something um, uh, pu- uh, publicly. What do you think, Brian? Does that bring? Does that give you kind of like a? We want you to feel confident in going forward it, and leading it, the prayers. It does. It, thank you very much for that, Debbie. And I want just for you. I want to tell you, I've been there and I love it there too. And I love the sound of it, Chiktawaga. <laughs> Chiktawaga. Okay, it's a little inside joke, Adam. I love saying the the city uh, Chiktawaga, New York. I love saying it, and sometimes I just say it over and over again. And Brian knows that because uh, we do a lot of work with the Station of the Cross. Brian, you're awesome. Have a beautiful and blessed day. Thank you for calling. You too, both of you. God bless. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Beautiful. Okay, we're going to move. Uh, we're, we are not going to uh, hit the pause button. We're going to go uh, keep going with the phone calls. We do have some questions, uh, and we're going to go really fast. So we're going to go to Thomas in Mobile, Alabama, uh, uh, who's been waiting so patiently. Hi, Thomas. Good morning. Good morning. What's your question? This is about angels, and mm-hmm. I'm wondering... Do angels have free will, and if they do, is it possible they could fall like the third of angels did in the beginning? Okay, Adam, before you comment, I'm going to let you comment. You're going to answer really quickly this question, but Thomas, we will promise you that in one of these three or four broadcasts that we're doing um, the rest of this year, we will cover that in depth. But Adam, please give give Thomas a response. Sure. So... Good question, Thomas. Uh, At the beginning, before the angels received the beatific vision, at the beginning of creation is when they were given the choice to serve or not. Once the two-thirds said yes and the one-third said no, that one-third fell, the two-thirds that said yes then received the beatific vision. They then saw God face-to-face. Once they see God face-to-face, that essentially makes it impossible for them to fall and think, oh, that's not God, or I could win and, and, and dominate God, or, you know, that I want to disobey that beauty. Once they receive the beatific vision, yes, they have free will, but their will becomes completely aligned with God. And so 
that is why God withheld the beatific vision until they made that first choice, because otherwise it really wouldn't have been a free choice in a sense, because once you're before the face of God, any thought of, of disobedience to God just wouldn't enter your mind. And so, no, the, the two-thirds of the holy angels that are helping us with the guardian angels and, and all the other choirs, they're not going to fall. Mm-hmm. And, and Adam, real quickly, before Thomas responds, this is why we're going to cover this in depth uh, coming up later this year, Thomas, because there are a lot of people, they're, they're, they have a good intention, but it's very dangerous. There's somehow they're praying for the fallen angels to t- somehow make a, make a change in their, in, their, um, in their decision, and that is very dangerous, and that cannot be done. Adam, quick comment on that. Yeah, that's for sure. They, when they made their choice, it was with full knowledge to the end of time of the consequences of that choice. So they can never learn something new or reevaluate things and make a new conclusion and say, I want to repent. Uh, in fact, Deb, and I can share it at some point in the future, but you know, there was a famous case where uh, a Capuchin exorcist actually asked Satan, why don't you just repent? Why all this consternation on both sides? And his response was, are you a competent theologian? So, um, you know, and that's from a private document we can talk about later. But, you know, and that's private revelation. It's, it's from a demon and all of that, I understand. But, the, but also from Thomas's perspective, uh, sure. their choice was final. Okay. Uh, Thomas, Question. real quick comment, because we have full phone lines. Um, so we'll, we'll get to it again, we promise you. Sound good? i got a re- real fast question here. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking of free, are they directed by our Lord in daily things with us, or do they have free will to choose? Oh, I'll do that. Yeah. Do you want me to answer, or are you going? Are you, were you answering? I was letting you go first, but I can answer that. <laughs> go ahead, Deb. Go ahead. Um, because they are in the beatific vision and they are ministering, they they have the knowledge to complete their mission. They have that. Okay, so it's not like you know they're going to decide to do something uh, um, today and then tomorrow they'll decide something else. The way we move from event to event to event, they they see it in their in their entirety of their their mission that they need to complete. So, so having said that, um, that's why when people say, well, how come I, I wasn't saved from this car accident, but my friend was, you know, did my angel all of a sudden, you know, was taking a break or were they on a lunch break or something? No, that's just not how it works. Everything comes from God, the plan, the mission, everything comes from God, everything. Okay. And they are executing the mission. They are, they are entering into the mission with that knowledge. Does that help? Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you so much, Thomas. Call us back again. Marie, you're welcome to call back. Um, I uh, And I think Tim made a note of Marie's comment. I feel so bad, Marie. We, we were going to get to you next. You could call back. You were going to ask something about Mother Angelica made a comment about angels. I would love to hear that that comment. Um, I, I listened to all of Mother Angelica's clips about angels. So Marie, if you would like to email us, I would love to hear that. I know our listeners will as they would want to hear it as well. We can address that in a future broadcast. Uh, Marie, if you're still listening, go to TSW at GRN. That stands for Guadalupe Radio Network. That's who's producing this show, online.com. So TSW at GRNonline.com. Please email us, Marie. I want to hear what Mother Angelica had to say. Okay, Raul will be next in Tampa, Florida on the EWTN app. Hello, Raul. How are you? Welcome to the spirit world. 
Okay, wait a second. One second. Raul, are you there? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes, Hello. Hello. Welcome to the spirit world. Take it away. All right. Um, my question is because I'm doing some research, mm-hmm. and if you re- can recommend any reading on uh, for of guardian angels or angels in general. Yes. And my research is on is is based mm-hmm. on I'm writing a book about mm-hmm. a guardian angel. So. Okay. Okay. The very best book, in my opinion, now I've studied angels for over 13 years. The very best book, I believe, okay, this is my personal opinion. Adam may have a different uh, recommendation. Here's the book that I would recommend, especially if you're writing a book on guardian angels, is Joan Carol Cruz's Angels and Devils. Joan Carol Cruz's Angels and Devils. Joan Carol Cruz went to meet the Lord, I believe, in 2006 or 2007. That woman is amazing. She's also the one who wrote the book, The Incorruptibles, Eucharistic Miracles. She did a fabulous uh, deep dive in... um, in this in this uh, topic, so I would recommend that. Now, for a lighter read and an inter- and, and and to be introduced to the angels, I would recommend Angels and, and Demons by Peter Kraft. Okay, that's what I would recommend. That's a lighter read. He did a fabulous job describing the role of the angels and you know when they manifest themselves and the free will and everything. It's and, and perfect will and he made he really he the character and nature of angels. He did a fine job. I would also go to the website that I recommended earlier, opusangelorum.org, opusangelorum.org. Those would be the three I would recommend. The original book um, uh, by Father, I believe, O'Sullivan, uh, All About the Angels, was the original book that kind of puts your toe in the water about angels. So there you go, Raul. I hope that helps. Adam, do you want to add any resources? No, that's great. Just, um, of course, Raul, you want to read Thomas Aquinas on angels? Oh, the Summa, yeah. Yeah, the Summa Theologica. Um, you know, it's it's uh, hardcore philosophy, you know, very kind of direct bullet point uh, way of thinking, but it's critical because that undergirds all of the other theology you're going to read. Mm-hmm. All right. Sounds great. I really thank you guys, and God bless you. And uh, keep thank keep you. it up because oh. I listen to you guys every Saturday. <laughs> oh, thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you. Okay, thank you. God bless you. Have a beautiful uh, weekend. Okay, Marie is calling back, and we're going to get to Marie real fast. Marie, literally, you have thirty seconds. We'll have to address it on a future show, but I'm I really want to hear what Mother Angelica said about angels. Yeah, no, no, I want you to look it up too. Yeah, I didn't want to go on the air. I'm shy. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I remember, I'm old enough so that I remember her saying there is a special order in heaven for all these angels whose client had, went to hell. <laughs> she put it in no other terms. Yeah, they have a special, you know, they're just not wandering around heaven with their head down, you know, that they lost their their people right. that they were in charge of, you know. Right. So I thought well, that's all I wanted to say. I thought that was interesting. Well, that put yeah. things in perspective for me. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And, and and we'll talk more about that. But but you're spot on. And the fact that, you know, when if God forbid the soul uh, goes to eternal damnation, the angels back with uh, God. I mean, it's not like they're they're It's not like they're 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 moaning and groaning and, and being super sad because they're with God. And that's our goal is to get with God. Thank you, Marie. So very, very much. God bless you for calling back. And Adam, 
Wow, what a quick hour. Next week, Adam, we're going to be talking about the mystical body of Christ, the role of the mystical body of Christ. Very, very exciting here on The Spirit World. Please like us on Facebook. Adam, thank you so much uh, for your contribution today as co-host. And uh, until next Saturday, folks, have a beautiful and blessed week. We will see you real soon.